0: All right, let's go to the hotline right now and bring in uh, the legendary voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes football and basketball. You hear him here on WHBC. He'll also be calling the Cleveland Browns game uh, this Sunday with whoever is at quarterback uh, against Arizona. Paul Keel's joining us right now on the Kenny and JT show. Paul, happy Halloween and thanks for joining us. How are you?
1: I'm good, Kenny. How you doing?
0: Hey, JT and I are thrilled to have you on. We always appreciate you making time for us. Buckeyes, uh, let's jump right in with them, and then we'll get to the Browns, and uh, uh, you're doing that game on Sunday as well. Buckeyes 8-0, Paul, and I was a a doubter at the beginning of the season because of the offensive line, because of the the quarterback play, and so far they've answered the two big tests, which actually three, Penn State, Wisconsin, And Notre Dame, your thoughts on where you've seen this team from week one to where they are now?
1: Well, the questions obviously were about the quarterback and the offensive line. And I think those are areas that at times you've seen some good play, but certainly at times it needs to be better than what they've shown. I think when you look at those two areas, really, Kenny, you can say when they've needed them to play their best in clutch situations late in games, they've done that. But there certainly is a need To play at a higher level and more consistently probably is the best way to say it. Defensively, they've made the improvements so far that people were looking for. Not giving up explosive plays. They've yet to allow a play of 40 yards or longer. They're one of the best in the country as far as 30-yard plays that they've yielded. So it's been one of those things where we've seen them take growth on the defensive side uh, but looking for some consistency on the offensive side.
2: Well, on that offensive side, we look about this running game all all the time. And then today we find out that Mayan Williams has gone for the season. Uh, it makes me wonder, how long do we have Travion Henderson for, in your opinion? I mean, we didn't even know what that injury was. He looked great the other night.
1: He, he really did, JT. And apparently it was an alleged cheap shot that he took during the Notre Dame game. And he probably could have played in the couple of weeks prior to Wisconsin, but there was a concern of potentially re-injuring whatever the problem was. So they erred on the side of caution. And with the depth that they had, you could see why they would do that. But he sure looked fresh and fresh legs and looked good running the other night at Wisconsin. Chip Tranum, who at times has looked good but then was injured in the Purdue game, but we've seen him get back out there. Now with Mayan Williams out, the question really surrounds Dallin Hayden. There was an effort to potentially look at redshirting him. He's played in two games so far this year. Will they continue to look at doing that, or will they forget the idea of redshirting, they meaning both the team and Dallin Hayden and his family? But uh, certainly what we saw from Trevion Henderson shows the potential that this rushing attack has.
0: Paul Keels is our guest on the Kenny and JT Show talking Ohio State football. And, Paul, that defense, uh, was it uh, just as simple as Jim Knowles' Making adjustments to giving up those huge plays against Michigan and Georgia, and learning from the mistakes and not duplicating them, or is this just overall a better defense?
1: Well, you know, as a layperson, you can't sit there and tell you, you know say to you that I really know what the secret recipe was. Uh, there may have been some simplification, uh, but certainly one of the things, Kenny, that's a big part of that is experience. When you think about. Chambers and Eichenberg, one-year experience at linebacker. You think about Josh Proctor, a fifth-year senior, who's playing incredibly well. Lathan Ransom, who got banged up last week, but he's been outstanding. But Denzel Burke being healthy, he dealt with injuries all of last year. And the addition of Davis and Igbenosen at corner, a transfer from Ole Miss, and the way Jordan Hancock's played the last couple of years. It would certainly seem that the additional experience has really had a lot to do with it. The sack numbers aren't where everybody would like them to see, but some of that maybe is at the expense of not letting things get behind them. And and the other difference is what you're seeing really is they're not rotating as often, some of those guys on the defensive line. You're seeing a lot more of Tui Moloel, Hall, Williams, Sawyer, and Hamilton play more reps than maybe in the past where there were more people being rotated through there.
2: Paul, you know what else seems to be really realistic to me is the fact that this secondary in – All kidding aside, we're not bringing up the alleged cheating scandal, the sign-stealing. This secondary tackles better this year than they did last year.
1: Probably the last few years, JT. They've really not had many of those instances of missed tackles, and I think that's certainly where a guy like Sonny Stiles who's a big safety that can play like a linebacker, helps a lot. That's where Chambers and Eichenberg at the two linebacker spots really have kind of locked things down. So it it just seems as though the more experience they've had, the more they've been able to put in play in this, and really what they've been able to do with you know know, holding teams to an average of 10 points per game, really doing a good job, especially when you think about what they did last week at the end of the first half against Wisconsin, keeping them out of the end zone Mm -hmm. and forcing them to a field goal just shows you how this defense has improved. All right,
0: Paul, I'm looking at at something, and I'm just curious, since you've been there and you've called the games for so many years, uh, you've had a firsthand look at all the games, all right? Is it fair, uh, as talk show hosts, we're looking for angles like this, right? Is it fair to say, hey, this 2023 team looks a lot like that 2002 team when you look at mccord krenzel claret henderson went healthy jenkins harrison and a strong defense that they may not be winning in explosive fashion but they're just winning football games
1: you're not the first person that's brought that up kenny Mm. it's it's certainly fair to think that uh you know but what the way coach trussell played and coached uh you saw that happen more often now the difference with what you're seeing this year we've seen since ryan day has become the head coach offenses that have put up 40 and 50 points at the drop of a hat. Now, certainly not having an experienced quarterback like C.J. Stroud makes a big difference there. Not having the consistent, healthy running back tandem uh, makes a big difference there. But what you're seeing, and what You know, a lot of these good coaches do. They figure out where can they really lean on on their team. And there's some reason to think about similarities between this team in 2002 because the defense certainly has bailed them out. They've made the crucial plays when they've needed to. Uh, You know, just think of the Notre Dame game. The defense got the ball back for the offense to put together that last drive to win the football game. And the special teams have been outstanding so far. So it's easy to understand why that comparison gets made.
0: And I just did the numbers in O two, thirty-five point six 2 35.6 points per game on offense this year, 32.5. Defense, 14 uh, in O two, ten 2 10 this year. So, I mean, uh, defense is a, a dominating factor in both of those teams so far, and let's hope it continues uh, that way. And let's go back to the win at Wisconsin. Uh, always a tough place to play. Again, wasn't pretty. McCord turned it over three times in the first half, but they found a way to win. How important was uh, that win for them and the way they did it coming after they played Penn State the prior week.
1: Well, you know, you think about what Kyle McCourt did in that game. It was similar to the Notre Dame game. He made the crucial throws when this yeah. team really needed it. And, and Marvin Harrison has become such a security blanket, and you would expect that with the two of them having been high school teammates. But one of the things that Ryan Day's talked about, and it's shown in both the Notre Dame and Wisconsin games on the road, both in front of tough environments, this team doesn't get flustered. If things don't go well, they don't let it creep into the next play or the next series. They turn their attention to what they have to do next, and I think that was something that certainly was a big part of why they were able to play the way they did at Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that Ryan said, I, it was last week, I think, before the Wisconsin game, and I think it, it factors into this week as well, Paul kills. he used the term competitive stamina when asked about a possible trap game or overlooking somebody, right? So they've just had back-to-back tough games, Penn State at home, Wisconsin on the road. Rutgers is 6-2, and two. it's a road game. Uh, Shiano knows the Buckeyes from having been there as the D coordinator, and he's a decent head coach. That That competitive stamina, any reason to be concerned this week that there's a letdown or no from what you've seen?
1: Well, we've heard that term a lot over the last few years under Ryan Day. But if there was going to be a trap game, a lot of people thought it would have been the game at Purdue. Um, you know, the week before the Penn State game, and Purdue being a place that's been a haunted house for Ohio State. But with the success that Rutgers has had, the way they played, uh, the knowledge of Greg Schiano and how he approaches the program, you wouldn't think there'd be any kind of a letdown. This team understands what their goals are. They understand what it is they want to play for, and you know they can't have the game at the end of the year against Michigan mean something if they don't take care of things against Rutgers, Michigan State, and Minnesota in the weeks previous to that. So this team has shown incredible focus on being able to approach each and every week with just paying attention to what they have to do each and every week.
2: Paul, all year long I've been preaching consistency and growth in a young football team and especially this offensive line. When Lachey watches this offensive line, and more in depth, Josh Simmons, what does he think? What does he say? What does he see?
1: Um, He sees an offensive line that has, especially at the guard positions, the Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones, two outstanding players, a center and Carson Hinsman, who's grown into his spot. But the tackle spots – especially Josh Simmons is one where it's been a little bit of a, a growth by repetition. And we've seen Josh Simmons at times make the kind of plays you, you want to see him make, but at other times he's been a little prone to jumping early and things like that. Uh, but what Jim sees and what when what the coaching staff's talked about, first off, they know those five out there are the best five they have. Now, maybe that's an indictment of the backups, but it's also a five that at times have shown. And you look at what they did against Notre Dame, you look at what they did against Wisconsin, that's a a line that has shown at times that they can play at the level they need to. The run blocking was really on point for the most part last Saturday. The protection needs to be better, and that's the concern.
0: Paul Keels is our guest, talking Ohio State football. We'll get to the Browns with him in a second and tell you why. But last thing uh, on the Buckeyes, uh, Paul, I'm just curious, from people, I'm not asking maybe for your opinion. If you want to give it, fine. If you don't, I understand, but – uh, from people that you've talked to, Buckeye Roundtable, last night uh, when you travel, this whole Michigan story, Paul, with the potential, uh, you know, scandal that is being investigated where there's smoke, there's fire by the NCAA, what, what are people saying about this and how much of an impact, uh, if they're saying anything, do they think it's had on Michigan winning the last two years after being a 2-4 and four team before they started doing this, allegedly?
1: Well, that's one of the questions, if this possibly coinciding with when things started to turn around and go better. The biggest question you hear from people, and not folks at Ohio State or not anybody connected with a football program, is what does it really mean as far as anything happening? We know the NCAA operates at a snail's pace. It's easy to think that if there's any sanctions to be had, it wouldn't be anything that would affect this season. You know, the story came out last week, the Big Ten could act if they wanted to, uh, separate from the NCAA, but who knows if the Big Ten would do that. Uh, I think that's the question, really, Kenny, that's out there. What does it mean as far as will there be anything that really will happen from it? You know, certainly it seems, if you believe some of the stories, there's some considerable evidence out there, but it's still all things that are alleged. You know, we're all waiting to see if there really is some proof or if there isn't. Uh, But that's probably the biggest question. What does it mean as far as if there's anything potentially regarding punishment that could occur? And a lot of the feeling is if that's the case, if there is, it certainly wouldn't seem that it would be anything this year.
2: Paul, Kenny brought up the word travel. And in my mind, I think of this, I feel like we're cheating here. Is there a direct flight from Piscataway to Cleveland this weekend?
1: No, what'll happen is it'll be coming home with the team on their charter after the game in New Jersey and then getting from Columbus to Cleveland. So it'll be crazy, you know, and to add to that, the the basketball season opener is Monday night too. So it'll be busy, but you know, guys, first and foremost, Flattered to be asked to fill in for Jim Donovan, and this, this comes with just wanting to have the best thoughts and best wishes and thoughts and prayers for Jim Donovan, a guy who's legendary mm-hmm. in being the voice of the Browns. I know there have been a couple of other guys that have been used to, to fill in for Jim. I uh, was flattered to be asked to fill this one hole in the schedule, but it'll all occur thinking about Jim and wishing nothing but the best for him. We can't
2: wait.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to it, too, because I usually listen on my way home from an event that I'm at through at least three quarters. So I'll be tuned in on, on Sunday. And for everybody out there that doesn't know what we're talking about, Paul Kills will be calling the Browns game uh, this Sunday. One o'clock kickoff right here on WHBs. You get a triple dose. Uh, of Paul Keels when you think about it, right? You get him Saturday with Ohio State football, Sunday with Browns football, Monday night uh, with the uh, Buckeyes basketball. Uh, so uh, you'll get your your full dose of Paul Keels. And, and, Paul, have you called NFL games before? And I'm just curious, is there a different approach or no? It's football. You just call it the same way.
1: Well, the first part, yes. Did, uh, did the Cincinnati Bengals for one year on radio uh, and then ten years of their preseason games on television – but I've also done NFL uh, filling in in different spots on Westwood One and ESPN Radio. So I've okay. done it. Um, you know, it, it's basically the same. Obviously, there's some difference in rules and having to get up to speed on, on the lineups for both the Browns and the, and the Arizona Cardinals. But, uh, you know, football's football for the most part. But, but it'll be an exciting opportunity. But, again, it comes in a reason you wish that it wasn't there.
2: Paul, I'd love to dish on my high school uh, uh, partner that we went to high school with uh, back in the day, Ronnie Stokes, who you do the basketball games. There's nothing on this kid. You can't bring up anything about this guy. I mean, he's the straightest arrow ever. The only thing you could bring up that you want to maybe jack him about was he was in Dancing with the Stars last year in Columbus.
1: That I did not know, JT. That's well, you know, if you want to say anything bad about him, it's some of the socializing he's done with me since we've been working together <laughs> the last 25 years.
0: great tandem Uh, Jim Lachey with football Mm -hmm. joins Paul's and of course Ronnie Stokes uh, with basketball and Paul one last thing on the Buckeyes tonight we're going to find out uh, the college football playoff committee's rankings uh, for the first time and uh, I did some research on this Buckeyes uh, you know winning percentage of the teams they've played uh, 569 37 and 28 uh, the combined records and two ranked team Penn State and Notre Dame, Michigan hadn't played Doodley Squad, as uh, Austin Carr likes to say on Cavaliers' broadcast. Uh, the combined record there thirty-one and thirty-three. Would you be surprised if the Buckeyes came out tonight as the number one ranked team in the country?
1: Surprised if they were number one? Yes, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out ahead of Michigan. But I would be surprised if they're number one. I, there's probably still a lot of bias, and some of it understandably so, toward Georgia. They're defending national champs, uh, even though they're minus the, you know, one of their big playmakers in Brock Bowers. Uh, I would be surprised if they're number one. But I would not be surprised if they're ahead of Michigan just because of what you said, Kenny, by the, the two top ten wins that Ohio State has right now.
0: Yeah, those wins over Notre Dame and Penn State, as good as any wins of any team in the country that's undefeated. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see where they come out tonight. And uh, it doesn't really mean uh, you're guaranteed a spot in the Final Four if you're one or two in this first ranking, but it does put you in a, a pretty good position where if you should stumble, you have a chance to, to climb back, uh, you know, later in the season. And, and, Paul, last thing, and we'll let you go, and we appreciate the time, uh, for you with this Buckeyes team, um as you see the schedule what is it rutgers michigan state minnesota and then at michigan on november 25th do you expect this offense to get better each week or is this pretty much what we're going to get and it's going to be the defense that ends up winning games for this team this year
1: well you, you first have to look at this weekend with rutgers they They've played very well defensively this year. They're number two in the nation in pass defense, number nine in total defense. So right away, this coming Saturday, we're going to see if this offense can straighten some things out based on the way that Rutgers has played defensively. And that's certainly where Greg Sciano has earned a lot of his bones. Uh, But more than anything, Kenny, this is an Ohio State team that week after week, they've kind of encapsulated everything to how are they taking the steps they need to regardless of the opponent, respectful of the opponent, but doing what they need to do to execute better. So in, in many ways, it's been a, a nameless, faceless approach to an opponent with the due diligence to scouting. But, you know, th- at this weekend, well, what the spread I think is 18, 19 points. But if we can see this offense gain a little more traction against this Rutgers defense, that can give folks a little more encouragement about them taking some steps in the right direction.
0: All right, I lied Paul, I always do this. I forget a question I had written down. Marvin of Harrison, you do. I think he, yeah, absolutely. Um I think he's the best player in the country and I think he still has a chance to win the Heisman. Worst case scenario, be invited to New York for the ceremony. Uh what are your thoughts on Marvin Harrison Jr.?
1: Would agree that he should be there in New York based on the way he's played, if he continues to play that way. Kenny, what really would help is if they can get Emeka Ibuka back out there. That gives them another pass-catching threat. But, you know, the, the amazing thing about Marvin Harrison, teams know they have to stop him, and they still haven't. And, you know, he's just been an incredible football player with an incredible work ethic. You really, They downplay it a little bit, but you really see the wavelength that he and Kyle McCord have, having been high school teammates. And, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, the dust lay people. We just think, hey, when in doubt, throw the ball to number 18. And it seems to work.
0: Paul, thanks so much for the time. Have a great time with the game on Saturday with Ohio State at Rutgers and the Browns against Arizona. We'll all be listening, and keep up the fantastic work.
1: Appreciate it, fellas. Have a good one.
0: You too. There he is, legendary voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, and he'll call the Browns this weekend, filling in for uh, Jimmy Donovan. And like he said, our thoughts Mm -hmm. and prayers are with Jimmy to get back soon.